that, don't you? We were made to thrive. We're blessed of the Lord today. We are greatly blessed of the Lord today to be in his house and to be able to worship him. And I, I even enjoyed the snow. We had three Floridians in our Sunday school class today. Sister Liberta Turner's family, John and Alan and Phyllis. And they got here in time to get in on the snow. We were so excited with them and they came in. They know about snow, but they live in Florida all the time where it's sunshiny. And we had a wonderful time in the class and they blessed us. And we talked about how we were blessed all so greatly. We're so blessed in America. We're blessed at Stratford Heights to have love and fellowship and a good church, a good, great pastor and a great music department and great people like you who love God. To have fellowship with you is a great blessing on Sunday morning, Sunday night, anytime we can come together like this. So thank you for coming today. It's so wonderful to see you here. It's a good crowd for the bad day. It was bad as far as the snow, but we, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. And we, we just see our blessings instead of our faults today. But thank you for being here. If you're new and visiting with us today, we want to welcome you and hope that you will enjoy the service today. We know you will. Please get your bulletin. I, we have great bulletins that always come out and tell us what's going on in the uh, week that, that is to come if the Lord tarries. But we're looking for Jesus so he may come this week. But if you would just turn around this morning and shake hands and greet one another and find someone you don't know and introduce yourself and give them a God bless you. Thank you. Let's 
like a raging, like a raging fire, burning my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost, like a raging fire, burning my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost, like burning my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost, like a raging fire, burning my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost.
Amen. Can we worship the Lord, lift our hands, invite the Lord to move upon us today? In Jesus' name, we praise you, worship you, Lord, today. God, we ask your Holy Spirit to rain down on us, to have his way in our midst, to minister to us. God, we pray today over every family that's here today. We came to worship and lift up the precious, holy, righteous name of Jesus Christ and God we love you we ask you to move God in such a powerful way and God we pray over our country we pray over the nation of Israel today and we ask God your hand to continue to be upon them and to protect them God we love you we praise you lead us and guide us as a country God missionaries all over the world in harm's way today God we know you are greater greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world God we pray over them and we ask you to have your way God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus amen 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 time I want you to worship God I want you to put your hands together and give him praise he's worthy of our praise how many of you know he's worthy? He is a good God. He's an awesome, mighty God. He deserves our loyalty, our allegiance, and our worship today. Amen. I'm excited to be in God's house. Baby, it's cold outside. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it. It's cold outside, but it's warm. It's actually on fire in here. On fire. Thank you for, for treading in the snow and being here this morning. Let me tell you something. At the 830 service, the power of God hit that place. I'm telling you, we've already had a great, great service this morning. It was wonderful. God moved in a mighty way in the first service. We're expecting no less in this service. It already feels pretty good, don't it? feels awesome. As we've come here not to see each other, we've not come here to enjoy ourselves, although it's good to see you. You look pretty. But I'm telling you, I'm here this morning because I'm a child of God, and I've come to his house to worship him. Amen. I want to tell you, how many of you want to hear about a, a good old-fashioned 2016 miracle? All right. This morning, I was on my, I left the house a little bit early, and, and I was actually like, wow, you're leaving a little bit early. Good for you. You're good today. You're starting off the year right. I get down the road. I'm coming down Union Road, and... I go around this corner and I see all these tracks. I'm like, wow, somebody has lost it. And the, the tracks were everywhere on one, both sides of the road, over down in a ditch and over into a yard. And there was this truck sitting there and it had wrapped around the pole, but it didn't touch the telephone pole. Lost control, headed right towards it, come all the way around it and was sitting right on the other side of the pole. 
And I, my first thought was, I said, wow, they missed that pole. Wow, praise the Lord on Sunday morning, they missed that pole. I was so thrilled. And then I saw the man, oh, the back of him as he was walking towards his truck, and I was like, he's got a white shirt on, that boy's going to church. And then I looked closer, and I was like, that truck looks like Cameron's truck. And I look around, and it's Cameron out there. And I, I just happened to be right behind him as this happened, and I pulled over. He thought that God had come, and it was just me. <laughs> but he got in the car, and we, I mean, I told him, I, I looked at that truck, and I said, dude, that is a miracle that you didn't wrap yourself around that truck, that pole. I'm telling you, it, if you go by there and you see the tracks, you can't believe it. That pole was right here, and he lost control of that truck and came right this way and parked on the other side of the, the pole, just like that. God protected him and kept him. That's a miracle, and I give God glory and honor and praise for it this morning. Hallelujah. Tell me God ain't on the throne. He's on the throne this morning. The Bible says you'll drink a deadly drink and it won't touch you. When you belong to God, you are protected. Psalm 91 says, lest you dash your foot against a stone, I'm going to put angels before you and behind you. I believe there was an army of angels standing right there guiding that truck right around to safety. I believe that. Do you believe it or not? Do you really believe that God is God? Amen. Aren't you glad you come to church this morning? You got, you, you got a, one of the first miracles of 2016 right there. For all those who are watching us online, we've got folks all over the world. I can't believe it. We've got people from Thailand, China, Europe, Germany, Australia, all kinds of folks watching us online. We're blown away by that. And this morning, with the looks of the weather, I'm sure there's a lot of Middletonians that are watching online as well. Turn around, wave at them back there. We wave at you. We're so glad you're with us. We're, you're part of our service, even though you're not here physically, you are with us spiritually, and we love you and honor you today. want to go before the Lord in prayer before we receive our offering. While you're still standing, I want us to pray for very, two very special needs. One is that we still need to pray for our former pastor, Brother Watkins. Brother Watkins is in, in a desperate sense of need of prayer. He needs strength. The family has made some decisions that are going to help him, and, and they're making sure he's getting the strength that he needs and, and we're believing that he's going to just rally and, and come in strength right back out of this that he's in right now. Talked with him the other night, Friday night. I got to talk to him again. He was so weak, couldn't hardly speak, but he wanted to talk. So I heard, I heard the word love. And then Ginger got on the phone and she said, well, I think that's all he's going to be able to, to say. And I said, well, that's all right. I prayed with him on the phone and he said the word love. That's all I need. And she said, oh, oh, no, hold, hold on just a minute. What, what, Daddy? Oh, oh you, wanna, you got something else you want to say. So he, they put the phone down to him in the hospital bed there in Mississippi, and he said, bye. <laughs> and I started weeping. I started crying. I was like, goodbye, Brother Watkins. I said, I love you so much. And uh, just we want to pray for him right now. And as we go to prayer for him, I also want us to pray for another very special need. I, had, so this morning I was excited to announce to you that for the next several weeks I was going to be having visitors from Australia who were coming. When we did a mission trip there s several years ago, I met Fred and Jackie Kessner. 
and uh, just became instant friends with them. And many of you that were on the mission trip, you, you fell in love with them as well. I have stayed close with them for 15 years. And they have not been able to come to the United States. I've been there a couple of times. And they have a beautiful daughter that named Kayla. And Kayla's watching this morning. They're all watching. And uh, she calls me Uncle Ray. But she does it, G'day, Uncle Ray. You know? So I, I like, she, that's, you know I love the Australian accent. But they were coming. Uh, they're going to be here Wednesday. And we're hoping they still can come. But they're dealing with a very critical situation. Jackie's father has been put in the hospital, and he is in critical condition right now. And I want us to pray. I promised them that we would pray for them today. They're going to have to make a decision in the next few hours whether or not they'll, they'll be able to, to, to come to America, that being a second priority, their first priority being her father. His name is Jorge Diaz, and I want us to pray for him. So would you do that with me right now? We're going to pray for both of these very serious needs. And as well, if you have a special need this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I want in on that prayer. I want to see your hand all over the congregation. Amen. God knows and God hears and God delivers. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, Lord, we come on behalf of these families that we're believing miracle for lord we know that you're able to speak life and strength we know that you're able to deliver from infirmity and disease we just call it done this morning by faith we believe in jesus christ of power and nothing is too hard for you we pray over brother watkins we pray over pastor that lord you would touch him minister strength to him let him feel the delivering power of god the strength in his body and god i just pray as well as we love the doctors and understand and know they're there to assist and help him. God, we believe you are the great physician. So we call upon your healing power and ask you, like fire was called down on Mount Carmel, Lord, we ask you to bring strength and healing to his body physically. Be with he and Myrtle. Touch them, God, and minister to their family, the children. I ask you to touch all of them in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we now direct our attention from Mississippi all the way across the world on the other side of it to Australia tonight. Today, we ask you to minister to Brother Diaz. We ask you to minister healing for his body physically. We know our prayers are able to go right there to the hospital room where he's at. We're praying in the name of Jesus you would minister to him, physically touch him, strengthen him with a healing touch, and we call it done by faith in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. We know that you're able to speak it and it be done. So, Lord, we pray over him in Jesus' name. Be with Gladys' wife, Fred and Jackie and Kayla. Touch them together, Lord, and all the family as we pray for them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, we pray for every hand that was lifted up. We pray for every circumstance, for every, every home, every heart, every life. We know that you're a God who answers our prayers. David said we cried unto the Lord, he heard us, and he delivered us. Lord, we believe that you're able. We ask you to touch in every situation, from the front to the back, from the stage all the way to the back door. We believe you, Lord, to minister healing, provision, blessing, strength, deliverance, and Lord, your, your mighty power. In every instance, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, you're looking great today. Compliment them real good. And be seated.
Where is little Cooper Brian Bobin? Kristen, look at him. Goodness gracious. Woo, I'm not giving him back. Look at this. I love your little vest there, buddy. Look at that. You're cool. You're in style, man. I can, cameras, you're going to have to get a hold of him. He looks sharp today. You're not supposed to outdo the pastor. What are you doing? Look at this little boy, little Cooper Brian Bowman. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the very first Sunday here at his church. His family been coming to this church for a long time. Heritage in this family. We introduced this guy to him. You want to welcome him real good to the house of God today. Doesn't he look good? Yeah. You love him? All right. God bless you, brother. He didn't wake up not one time. <laughs> Don't worry, most of the congregation does that too when I preach. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Amen. Beautiful little baby. would like Christian and Francella, if they would, and their family to step forward into the altar. I'd like our staff, if they would, to come with them. These are our, our wonderful friends, and uh, we love them very much. They've served in just about every capacity you can serve in this church at one time or another. Uh, service coordinator, encounter ministries, men's ministry, youth ministry, you name it, they've done it all. Uh, both of them have been serving beautifully in our church. We love them. We're not mad at them. They're not mad at us. Uh, they have been called out. Uh, the Lord has got an assignment for them. We believe uh, we're sending them out like missionaries because we're believing they're going to be back, you know. And uh, so we're sending them out today. They're going to be helping the City Movement Church in Dayton. And uh, we want to pray over them and ask God to anoint them, to use them, and to bless the fruit of their hands. So I want you, if you would, stretch your hands towards this altar as our staff moves in together to pray over them. We're anointing them with oil and praying over them today. Thank you, Jesus. I anoint them this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray over them. We pray in the name of the Lord that you would anoint them and touch them. And Lord, we send them forth as missionaries from our church to go, Lord, in ministry, to help and to minister to those hurting folks in Dayton, Ohio, to touch them by your mighty spirit, to be with them, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus and anointing to rest over them. In Jesus' name, we believe that you're able, God, to use them in a mighty way in ministry, and we believe it today. Sending them forth in the name of the Lord and believing that you're going to anoint their tasks and their work. Cover over them, Lord, with your mighty hand, and we thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. They'll be starting there next Sunday morning, so please get over to them and, and hug their neck and shake their hand and let them know you'll be praying for them. And uh, what I loved about what Christian told me was he says, it's for season, we'll be back. <laughs> so we love that, and we love them, and they serve and do a wonderful job in our church. 
as our ushers are coming to serve you today, I want to talk to you for just a moment. I want to talk to you about, about giving. But I want to talk to you in a way that perhaps I haven't spoken to you before. I was really praying about the building and as it's coming up and I'm going out there and as pastor, you know, I realize it's my responsibility ultimately at the end of the day to make sure that we take care of our responsibilities there. And so I'm always thinking about that and praying about it. I pray over the finances every morning. When I, a funny thing, when I was youth pastor, I was always like, eh, take up the offering, don't take up the offering. I got a hayride to plan, you know. I just didn't worry about those things like I probably should have. But when I became pastor eight and a half years ago, I saw the importance of making sure that, you know, we take care of our responsibilities. But in a way, the Lord got a hold of me and showed me something new about that this week. And I've always prayed for you. I've always prayed that God bless you and open up opportunities for you financially, that you get promotions. And I've prayed for that over you. But the Lord spoke to me and led me to the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Listen to what the scripture says. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Woo. I don't, I don't know if you heard that. Do you hear it? Listen to that again. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Wow. I have read that scripture over and over and over again, Lord knows how many times. But it never struck me like it did when the Lord led me to it. The, how many of you know the word is alive? The word is alive. And this is a living word that comes to me. And the Lord instructed me. He said, I understand your responsibilities and how you're praying, preacher. But I want you to start praying in a different way. I want you to pray not for buildings and not for mortgages, and not for raising the money the church needs for the building. He said, I want you to start praying for the health, the financial health of my people. He said, because I have put it in their hearts. He said, they want to give. And I was like, well, Lord, I, I believe that. And he said, no, you don't. He said, I have put it in the hearts of the people. He said, if they will find financial health, stewardship health with their gifts, their talents, their time, their treasure, if they will find health in that, he said, you ain't seen nothing yet. He said, they'll take care of the church. He said, my church will always be taken care of. He said, you pray for the people. And when he made that clear to me, I started praying in a whole new way. I am praying for you to be financially healthy. For God to bless the fruit of your hands. For you to know and understand blessing coming in and going out. In the field, in the city, no matter where you work. 
I'm praying for God to bless you. The Lord let me know if you'll teach the people how to manage their funds, if you'll teach them how to hear the word and read the word when it comes, if you'll help them be financially healthy, he said, you watch how the church is going to be taken care of completely. I saw that and heard that from the Father himself, and so I am excited. I am praying over you, health, in stewardship, and in your finances. I'm praying for you. I'm still praying for the church. But how many of you know you are the church? You're the church. I always say it every Sunday. I always say it, and I say the church is not dismissed. And I love visitors, because visitors always look at me like, okay, I thought... It was over. It's after 12 noon. Uh, what do you got yet to do? Church is not dismissed. The church is simply leaving the building. <laughs> the church is just leaving the building. So I'm praying over you today. Praying God's blessings and his strength and his wisdom, his anointing over your home and over the work of your hands. And that God will bless you abundantly to meet every need. Now let me read it again because now you're going to get excited like I've been all day. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Father, we come to you this morning, and I thank you. Lord, you are always fine-tuning us. You're always polishing us, helping us to see your ways and know your will. I thank you for how you're leading me and our congregation to pray for one another. Lord, we're not going to pray for the brick and the mortar. We're not going to pray for the funds of the church. We're going to pray for the stewardship of your people. We're going to pray for the health in their finances so that the kingdom desire in their own hearts can be realized. They want to give. You've made that clear. You've actually placed that down in all of our hearts. So we honor you today. I am praying, Lord, for financial health, good stewardship in the lives of your people. Open up doors and opportunities. Bless them, as Jabez said, indeed, largely, a lot. Bless them. For, Lord, you have a work to do in this world, and you are a God who provides and supplies all of our need. So we honor you today. I thank you for those who understand and know and are learning, developing every day into a steward for you and for your kingdom. Bless them today to be able to give. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.
We praise you, Lord. Lord, make me a house. We praise you, Lord. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of bread.
Can I get you for just a few moments, if you would? Would you stand with me if you're able to? Just all over the house, anywhere you're, you're sitting today. Would you just, if you can, how many of you know that God desires and wants to work on behalf of His people? The Bible declares that He, he walks the earth, looks for different places where He can be made, He can show Himself powerful and glorious on behalf of His people. God wants to touch you where you are this morning. He wants to answer the riddles and the mysteries and the questions of your mind. He wants to direct your path. He wants to lead you. He wants to touch you. He wants to restore you. He wants to give back to you what the enemy has taken from you. Let me say that again. God wants to give back to you what the enemy has taken from you. God wants to turn it around and He wants to show Himself powerful on your behalf. I want you, we're, gonna, we're getting ready to sing this again as we do. I want you to understand, you know, we've been talking about it all morning. Paul was writing and he said, no you're not, don't you know, don't you understand? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the house of God. You're the church. And He dwells within you now. Now think about it for a moment now. Every now and again, I just stop in my prayer time and I just remember that the God who created the universe, the God who created the planets, the sun, all of the stars, that God is big, huge, massive, and living inside of me. Living in me. I said this a couple weeks ago. He's big enough to control the whole universe, small enough to live inside my heart. That's, that blows my mind. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. I seek your face. I seek your presence. I seek your glory. I seek your honor, God. I seek you, Lord. I fall on my face. I give you surrendered heart. I seek your presence. Make me a house, Lord. Make me a house, Jesus. Make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Now hold on. We get real, we get sometimes wore down. We get weary. We get tired. We go through troubles or trials or we look at the world events around us and sometimes we, we can feel weak in our faith. That's why we say, let the fire of my altar never burn out. Fire of my altar never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. Sing that. The fire of my altar never go out. May the fire May the fire make me a house of prayer. Oh Lord, may the fire never go out. Fire of my altar never go out. Make me a house of prayer. Make me 
you right now you're standing with some of your family members I want you to just reach over and gently lay a hand on them I want you to do the fire prayer right now I want the altar inside your house of prayer to pray over your family don't be ashamed to do that the power of God is here in a wonderful way to minister right where you are if you're watching this online reach over and take the hand of somebody sitting there with you in the room or just lay put your hands up and let God touch you right where you are but wherever you are wherever you are let God work now in your life and in your heart over your family claim your children the enemy cannot touch them he cannot have them he cannot deceive them he cannot destroy them they belong to God Hallelujah. Pray over your families right now. Hallelujah. Make me a house of prayer. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. A house of prayer. my spirit man Boy, I, I lose control inhabit my soul I surrender I lose control I lose control I give it all to you Lord I surrender all of it Lord How many of you can honestly say, you know, when I first heard that song years ago, I thought, well, I didn't lose my mind. I ain't going crazy. And the Lord was just like, you better lose control. For those of us who are more used to something a, a little less radical, it's an old song. It says, I surrender all, all to thee. I surrender all, I give it all, I give myself away. You see, the Lord 
wants us to feel like Paul did. Paul said, I crucify this flesh every day. I die every day so that I don't, I'm not in control. I want to lose that. I want to give that to God because I know that if I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I don't lean anymore on my own understanding, but in all of my ways, if I just acknowledge Him, He's going to direct my path. He's going to lead me and guide me. Thy word, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I'm going to know that everything is going to be all right. Some of you, you've been trying to work it out yourself. You've been trying to figure things out. You've been trying to, to work hard on the, the mental part. And you've been frustrated and stressed out. And you're carrying the weight of it all. I'm telling you, that's what I love about the word of God. When you look in the word, he says, cast all your care on me. I love you. I care for you. God wants to meet the need in your life. He wants to touch your life. Somebody says, well, y'all are kind of, y'all are kind of radical, aren't you? You better believe it. You better believe it. We believe that God is not a religion. That he's not stuck on some throne somewhere far away we got to try to make an appointment with. The Bible says that when Jesus was at the cross and he gave up that ghost, it says the, the veil of separation between us and the holy place was rent in two from the top to the bottom. That meant you and I are able to walk boldly right into the throne room of grace. I can walk right up to the throne and I can ask my Father. I can go to Him with every sickness, with every trouble, with every trial, with everything I've got going on in my life. I can lay it down in front of Him. And David says it best. He says, I cried unto the Lord. He heard me and He delivered me out of all my troubles. How many of you need God to deliver you this morning? You need the power of God in your, the lives of your family, in your children. How many of you unsaved loved ones, family members, kids? You, you, need, you need to know that there's power in the praise this morning. The devil is out to deceive every one of our young people. I love that we got them packed in here like this. I love that. I'm, I'm praying the heads of protection and rebuking the enemy so he can't have them. He can't deceive them. He can't de try to de discourage them. I'm praying that God fill them up with fire that they are not ashamed. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is power. How many of you know it's power of God unto salvation? I'm praying over them. We're going to pray over your kids. I want you right now I want you to call their name out loud. Everybody's going to do it at the same time, so it ain't going to be nobody going to listen to you. But I want you right now, lift up to heaven, one arm, that one arm, just a surrender arm that says, God, I give you this kid, that kid. Call, call their names out right now in this house of prayer. Call their names right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we call our unsaved loved ones. We call them out right now. We call out their name in the house of prayer. We thank you, Lord. Turn we can lay it Lord. in your presence, Jesus. Turn them over to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Save them, Lord. Reveal your love to them. Wake them up right now, wherever they are. They might be laying in bed on Sunday morning, staring out at the snow. Touch them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Rouse them, Lord. Address their spirit. And oh, touch them by your mighty Holy Ghost. 
I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we break the back of the enemy. We rebuke the enemy. Coming against marriages. Coming against families. Coming against our loved ones. God, we rebuke the enemy. The foul one. The serpent. The liar. The deceiver. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we plead the blood of Calvary over them all. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Break the chains, Lord. Lord, make me a house. Make me a house of prayer. Make me a house of prayer, Lord. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Never burn out. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Make me a house of prayer. May the fire, may the fire of my altar never burn out. Make this house, Lord. May the fire of my altar never burn out. Oh, sing it like you mean it. Oh, may the fire. Hand me my stuff. I'm going to go ahead and we're going to get into the Word. Thank you for leading us in the worship. I want you all to be prepared in just a few moments to end our service with that song. I want to go out on when the saints go. I want, when we go to praise and I want, I want to end on that. As you're standing, I want you to, to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm going to read about a time that it's important for us this juncture in the history of our church and in the history of your life chapter 4 I'm reading from the amplified version it says then Jesus was led guided by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness the desert to be tempted tested and tried by the devil and he went without food for 40 days and 40 nights and later he was hungry and the tempter came and said to him if you are God's son, have you ever read that and just said the audacity? How dare he? If you are the son of God, command these stones to be made loaves of bread. But he replied, it has been written, man shall not live and be upheld and sustained by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and placed him on a turret or a pinnacle of the temple sanctuary. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. Oh, what a snake. 
Well, the first one didn't work when I got you to try to doubt yourself. Now I'll try to get you to doubt yourself and doubt God too. I mean, isn't it written? He will give his angels charge over you and they will bear you up on their hands lest you strike your foot against a stone. We mentioned that earlier. That's from Psalm 91. You know, when I first read that, Josh, I was like, Psalm 91. So I started really reading Psalm 91, started trying to commit it to memory so that I could quote that because I thought if the devil wants to quote that, that Jesus of all people, that's a pretty powerful psalm if you ask me. I mean, if he's going to use that one, then we ought to use it a little bit more. What do you say? I think that we ought to do that. Psalm 91. Jesus said to him, it is written also, you shall not tempt, test thoroughly or try exceedingly the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory, the splendor, magnificence, preeminence, and excellence of them. And he said to him, these things all taken together, I will give you if you will prostrate yourself before me and do homage and worship me. And Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. I like to quote that scripture. You ever get up in the morning and just go, be gone, Satan. Say it, say it right now. Be gone, Satan. Woo, didn't you sense the power that's in the word right there? Be gone, Satan. For it has been written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil departed from him. Amen. Then the devil departed from him. I kind of like to imagine him running. Then the devil ran away like a scaredy cat. And behold, angels came and ministered to him. Father, touch us. Challenge us. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord we pray. Amen. You can be seated. I want to challenge you in this, this juncture of our church, this historical time in our church. We're at 100 years. We're on the second century now of this church. I want to challenge you with joining many who have already started a 21-day fast in our church. We need it. We need it for our lost loved ones. We need it for kids. We need it for our families. We need it for our jobs. We need it for financial health. We need it. We need it. I don't know what people do without God. I don't know how they survive without the Lord leading and guiding and directing their path. They're just kind of left to chance. People lined up for blocks on the news yesterday trying to get a hold of that super duper lottery ticket. People riding on Facebook and social media and, and some, you know, joking around with it, and that's fine. But I mean, I know people who are serious, people who took their paychecks. You heard of people, I, I, there was a man on the news, they reported he put his whole paycheck on that, that lottery ticket. Putting his chance out there, living on chance, living on hope that it might work out on a wish. telling you there's there's a confidence and a peace in knowing that my steps are ordered of the Lord 
And I don't have to live like that. I can live in victory. And Jesus is trying to show us here how to live in victory. Jesus and the devil were, were by themselves in the wilderness. There was nobody there. You know, CNN wasn't there filming this. And there wasn't a big thing where somebody was there to witness this. This had to have been told to the disciples, if you think logically, had to be told to the disciples by Christ himself. He had to speak this to them. He, he wanted them to know what happened in the wilderness. He wanted them to have this victorious mystery. And that's the way I look at it. It's like a mystery. How do you fight the devil? He had just had a great day. I mean, on Ma in Matthew chapter 3, we learn of Jesus coming to the Jordan and, and he's being baptized. And as he's being baptized, it's the beginning of his earthly ministry. And you would think the calling is fresh. The validation's been given. I mean, the heavens open up. The Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. And, and he has that validation. And then the crackling of the thunder. And you hear the voice as the Father cries out to the earth and says, Wow, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Man, I want to hear that so bad. In my own life, I live for the day. I mean, I will be standing there waiting for him to say, say that, say it. Hello, Ray. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over Australia. I mean, over many things. We all have our desires. Oh, I want to rule over Sydney in the outback. We want to hear, we want to please God. We all want to please the Lord. We live our lives to please Him. I mean, that's what this service is about. You know, I'm so glad. I know sometimes we make people feel uncomfortable. We're a spirit-filled church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It gets pretty hot in here sometimes. And when it does, as long as things are done decently and in order, because I don't believe in chaos and crazy, but I do believe in the power of God. I've seen the power of God raise people up. I've seen the power of God protect people when they're in their cars. I've been in situations where I have seen the power of God at work. And I, don't, I will never live my life to deny the power of God. I love the power of God. He's been there for me. He showed himself powerful. One of the beautiful things he does is raise that sun up every morning right on time. Lay the sun down at night right on time. This old big earth spinning just perfect so that this morning we get us a little snowflake. In just a couple of months, praise the Lord, we'll have spring buds on trees. You know, I know it's been a good winter. I know it. I woke up this morning and I was just like, I thought I was hoping winter got lost. But it found us. <clears throat> I bet it was great in Florida. I would love to go to Florida right now. I have a feeling in my senior years, I'm going to be one of them bunnies, snow bunny people. What do they call them? Snowbirds. <laughs> okay. Preach the word, Ray.
not going to be a snow bunny. <laughs> oh, Lord, don't film that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Jesus, help me. Take the wheel. Take the wheel, Lord. We want to please the Lord in all that we do. We desire to please Him. We desire that He will be, uh, that He will validate our lives and the purpose over our lives. All of us are born with a plan. We're born with a purpose. God has a desire, a destiny for every one of us. There's no human being anywhere that's born, that beautiful little baby this morning that was brought up here and shown to you, that little child, little Cooper, he has a plan. God has a destiny for him. And it's beautiful to consider that our lives is about finding, discovering the journey that God has already planned out and mapped for us. He wants us to succeed. He wants us to be blessed. That's why I do everything in my power to stay right in the middle of the downspout of God's glory. Because I want to find that. And in my life I feel I'll tell you, I feel like I've been blessed. I feel like I am blessed every morning. And I'm living a dream to be able to pastor this church. And I love you. And I love pastoring. And I love what God's doing in our midst. I love answered prayers. And I love seeing the power of God at work. I love people being excited. I'm just going to, I hope I don't embarrass y'all, but Hale's you guys have blessed my socks off. I, every time you talk to me and you, you, you encourage me and you're so kind and wonderful. These are new folks that have been coming to our church for about, well, about probably two months now. Has it been four months? Goodness gracious. Thank you. Awesome. Beautiful people. Wonderful people. And they just think they're so encouraging. You know, you just want to be around people like that. I want to find people that are looking for the destiny and looking for the sunrise and are looking for the good things in life, the joy unspeakable and full of glory, the ones that are looking for strength to live another day. Jesus gave us the map. He gave us the GPS on how to live a victorious and wonderful life. He showed us here. He told the disciples he wanted to make sure this was in our roadmap, in the Bible. He wanted to make sure that this infallible, inerrant word of God would include his wilderness experience because he fasted, and in his fastings, he, he was prepared. I've said this many times, and I want you to hear, fasting is not about moving God. Well, I'm going to fast so that God will do something. Well, I'm going to fast and get a hold of the Lord and wake him up. Fasting has nothing to do with moving God. God has a plan, a will, and a destiny, and a purpose. Fasting is about getting you and I in position to where we can be part of that. And we can hear clearly. And we can be empowered. And in our own lives, we can be in a place where we can move with God's plan. I'm telling you, you have to be prepared for God's plan. You have the you know, you don't save yourself, you can't earn it, you can't buy it, you can't do enough works. It's none of those things, but you can position yourself so that you're on the right path. 
You listen to His guidance. You're directed by His Spirit who leads you into all truth. God will direct you towards your victory, towards your, your success. God wants that for all of us. And He gave us a beautiful example in this passage of Scripture on how, how we obtain and live and walk in His spiritual victory for us. He fasted. He denied himself. Fasting is about putting us in position to be used and blessed of the Lord so that we can fulfill that purpose. The enemy, when you are well-pleasing to the Lord, I'll never forget Bishop Isaacs right about midway up this aisle on groundbreaking day, August 11th. He was looking at the plans and he was looking at the ground and we didn't, went, went out there with the shovels and we were doing, everybody was excited. The momentum was high and he stopped about midway and he turned around and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, he said, warn your people. He said, warn your staff. He said, tell them to watch and pray. Because the enemy will do, when you are well-pleasing when you're pleasing God, that's the, at the point when the enemy wakes up to who you are. It's like a combination lot. Combination of your life coming together. Discipleship. Making a disciple. Getting stronger in God. Prayer life. Bible reading. Getting things together all the way. And then when you get to that place where God looks down at your life and says, I am well pleased. You open up. And hell pays attention to who you are. You become a threat to him. And when you are a threat to him, he's going to remove you. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, to deceive, to distract. He wants to do his best to remove you. Isn't it amazing that in Matthew chapter 3, where we're reading about the voice, we're reading about the thunder, the Holy Spirit descending, Jesus comes up out of the water, and as he comes up out of the water, the very next chapter, first verse says, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested and tempted by the devil. You are most vulnerable. You are under the devil's microscope when you are well-pleasing to God. And many times when you are at your very best, that's when the enemy is going to come sucker punching you right in the face. That's when the enemy wants to attack you is when you are on the mountaintop. I preached at Celebrate Recovery this last Monday night and many were saved. They, I was told there were 16 people who got saved Monday night at Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> Praise God. I told them, I said, have you ever failed your family, your friends? You made promises, and, and, and you were doing really good. You got your coin. You were celebrating. and You were so excited, and you end up feeling like sometimes at those greatest times when you feel like you're celebrating, and you've got your great victory, your greatest victory, it's in those moments, those times when you feel the most vulnerable, and you end up hitting a brick wall and failing, and every one of them, their hands went up. I've been there. 
So I love my guard down when I'm celebrating and I've went a month or I've went six months or I've gotten my year coin and I'm excited and I'm celebrating. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, how many times have I hit a brick wall? Jesus was showing us here in this example God was working it out. Yes, the enemy came along to tempt, but the Lord, by the Spirit, led Jesus into the wilderness. And he did that to teach us something beautiful. He wants us to understand that we must watch and pray, lest temptation will come along at our most vulnerable points. And it usually will come along, not like you think. I mean, when you're down and out, the enemy already knows he don't need to mess with you. It's when you're trying to do good. It's when you're trying to win and you're on top of the mountain and you're trying to get a ministry and you're trying to preach or teach or sing or you're trying to do something for the Lord. It's in that moment that that's when the devil will come along and knock you sideways. He wants to do everything in his power to remove you, to remove you from what God's plan. He wants to negate God's plan and he will always come along like he did in the garden and he will try to question Get you to question who you are. He did it with Adam and Eve. He did it with Jesus. I, I told you earlier, I find it amazing. Audacity that the devil himself would look at the Son of God. Do you think if he's going to look at Jesus and say, if you are the Son of God, if you are who you say you are, I mean, what audacity. What kind of arrogance to look into the face of the Savior, to question him. If you are, the, don't you think, don't you know that if he's not afraid to look into the face of the enemy, he's certainly not afraid of you. We need to get that out of our minds. The devil's not afraid of you. You can be a warrior. You can be out there with your armor. You can be ready to fight and holding your spear, and the devil will laugh at you. There's only one thing he's afraid of, and that is the victory that comes through the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And when you've got that alive down inside your heart, the devil, when you resist him with the Word, when you resist him with the Spirit of God, and you are all dressed up and ready to go, that's when the enemy, the Bible says, flees, runs from you. So we have to understand how it works. And if there's a simple message for a 1201 message, sermon that's got to end, it would be simply this. Jesus looked at that enemy after he had come through the 40 days of fasting. I wanted to tell you this as we challenge you in moving into fasting. However you do that, if you do the three-day, the 14-day, the 10-day, the 21-day, all in that 21 days, I'm asking you to do it. However, you can do the Daniel fast for 21 days. You can do a 10-day fast and then a three-day one. You can do a one-day, zero food. You can do whatever you want, just fast. Fast and seek the Lord. Let God minister to you as you position yourself to please Him. You can do no food, some food, some grains, some Daniel food, food, you, food, food. You can do all, you can do whatever God lays on your heart. Many are doing the Daniel fast, and that's wonderful. It's a, it's a cleansing for you, and it's a good, I mean, of all the fasts in the Bible, Daniel had it together on an excellent spirit, and he knew how to fight. When the king, when the very king of the country was standing in front of him and the test was there. 
that I want to call you to fast. I want to call you to seeking God and letting the presence of God lead you and guide you. As you do that, Jesus fasted. It says 40 days, 40 nights as he fasted. He was in preparation for the enemy's attack. You see, if you and I are not preparing ourselves, Jesus set the example, if we're not preparing ourselves, then when we face the enemy and we fight the temptations of the enemy, we will be fuzzy in our minds and we will not be able to always overcome. How many times in our own strength, you can never do that. You can never beat the devil in your own power. You must have the Spirit of God. And when you deny self and you place yourself in that place, a position yourself where God can empower you and move through you and fill you with the Spirit and you are then led into the wilderness experiences of your life, the Lord is ready to take what the enemy wants to use against you and turn it around for good in your life. God always means business for good. Always. And he wants to touch your life and he wants to bring victory to you. God wants you and I to be victorious in living out the attacks of the enemy. There will always be an escape. There will always be a way made for you and I. But we must live that out. God wants to, us to remove the barriers in our lives. The barriers. There's no limit on God. There's no limit on His power. No limit on, on the, the sky is the limit. You know, his, his destiny, His plan, his, his work in the earth. There is no limit to it. God can do anything. You can't dream big enough. You can't think big enough for God. As a matter of fact, most of the time, we live very small in comparison to what God wants to do in our lives. I would venture to say, every one of you in this choir, along with me and everyone else in this place, we have not begun to imagine or to think about the things that God has planned for us to do and would love for us to tap in his power to accomplish. You say, how do I know that? Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we can ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. You know what that tells us? Derek, you got some, you got some mighty dreams. I'm sure the, you, you've thought, sky's the limit. You, you've, man, you've thought, wow, God, if, if there were no problems, no barriers, no limitations, what I could do. And God looks at you and all of us, and he says, I can do exceeding, abundant, above all your dreaming. All of us. All of us. What's your secret desire? What's your plan? What's the dream you won't tell anybody about? What's down inside you burning that you're wanting God to accomplish and do in your life? What could you do if you were set free by all limitations? Well, there are none with him. And God wants you to see that what he's got for you far exceeds above abundantly anything you could even ask. I mean, I'm asking for some powerful things. God, I'm asking 
for $5 million. Because it's $4 million to build that thing, and I want a million to put in it. All the latest technology and all of the latest sound equipment and all the latest gadgets that we could make it amazing. Lord, I asked for five, and the Lord would look at me right now and would say, is, is that all? All you want's five? Don't you want to build something like that in Romania or in South America? Or maybe you want to build it in Alaska? Maybe, maybe you want to build it across town. Maybe you want to turn Clayton Street into a prime spot, Mission Central. And you want to take not just that little block you got there, but what if you want to just wipe out the whole block and build a major, major metroplex for ministry needs all over the place? God says, why are you thinking so small? Lord, it seems impossible. And he says, it is. It's impossible with you. God looks at me and he says, is, is a, a one million, is that easier than five or ten? God looks at you and I. This happened with my mom, if I could testify to this as I close. She was sitting and she had this burning in her heart to give to a ministry. Now, my mother, she was a housewife at home, and she had, you know, a little stipend. My dad would give her what she needed for, for things, but, you know, she never really asked for a lot of money. She never really had a lot of money. I mean, my mom would carry around five, ten, twenty dollars in her wallet, and she thought she was loaded. She'd give me a little envelope. She'd have five dollars. She'd, she'd put, you know, her tithe in that, and it was just nickels and dimes, and she'd give it to me to give to Judy to pay tithe. She never had very much, and she was sitting there one night burning in the desire, and she felt that God dropped something in her heart to give $1,000 to a ministry to children. And she said, oh, I can't do that. And she felt it strong, felt it strong, $1,000. Mary, give $1,000. She felt the Holy Spirit prompting her, give $1,000. Pledge $1,000 to those people. But Lord, I don't have $5. Pledge a thousand. So she started to call to make a pledge to this ministry. And as she did, she sat there and she said, Well, I'm going to just do 500 because that's easier. So she said, I'm going to do 500. And she said, The Holy Spirit prompted her, stopped her, and said, Is a thousand dollars any different than 500? He said, Is 500 dollars easier for you than a thousand? She said, No. As a matter of fact, 500 is impossible. He said, go 1,000. So she called the lady, and she made excuses all over herself. She said, I am making a pledge for $1,000, but I don't have it. And I don't know if I can ever give it to you, but I just want you to know, I'm going to pray that God will make it happen. But if it doesn't happen, I'm really sorry, because I am just making this pledge to you. The lady prayed with her on the phone and said, I'm going to believe with you that you're going to be able to fulfill your pledge. And so my mom said, okay. She hung up the phone. And we went on about our business. That was about August or whatever. And so the months went by, and it started getting close to the end of the year. And the pledge had to be by the end of the year. And my mom was starting to be like, Lord. And she was saving up her little dollar bills and her $5 bills and she was putting it all in a little thing and trying to collect a thousand. And it wasn't getting nowhere. I think she got to fifty. She wasn't getting anywhere. 
And all of a sudden, one day, she gets a phone call. It was December 21st, if I remember, with just a few days left till the end of the year. And she got this phone call from this lady in California, and the lady said, are you Mary Phillips? She said, yeah, I am. Who's this? And she said, well, you don't really know me. I am a step-sister to you. Your father, you know, was my stepfather, and I'm calling you because he's passed away. And if you, know, if you don't know the story, he abandoned my mother at 11 years old at the cemetery. He had a packed bag in the trunk of his car, and he took my mom's suitcase and put it out and gave it to her, his, her grandmother and hugged him and patted him on the head and left their lives. And they were, she was orphaned. Her mother was dead, and her father abandoned her. So she had never been around him. She did get a card on her 18th birthday with a $20 bill in it uh, from dad. And that was it. She had never talked to him, seen him, had a relationship with him. Until this phone call. And in the phone call, out of nowhere, this lady spoke to my mom about an inheritance that he had left. And she said, it's not going to... It's not going to come together fully until after the new year. And my mom was like, oh, what? wow, really? And she said, but, she goes, there's a, there's a trust here that was left to you from your father. It's $10,000. And we're mailing that out to you today. It should be there in three days. You'll get it by the end of the year. What's tithe on 10000 1000 She was a Pentecostal holiness woman that entire day. She called up that ministry, and she wrote them a check in a few days and sent that $1,000, and to this day, I still have a copy of that check in a framed picture because she lived the rest of her life until she died testifying that God is a God of big, big miracles. Big miracles. By the time it was over, she had received $63,000 from her father. Talk about God providing for his own. She lived in this obedience. She lived in this faithfulness. The word of God. Jesus taught us when the enemy came at him full force, he said, it is written. Over and over. He had prepared himself. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He prepared himself. But then when he had prepared himself, the Bible says he hungered afterwards. And then the devil came. The devil will always get you right off your spiritual high. And he will attack you and try to change your plan. Try to get you to doubt God and be discouraged. If you are the son of God, he wants to make you doubt who you are. But if you will stay the course, and if you will stay obedient and faithful to the Lord, God, I promise you, I am not, this is not me backing up my word. This is me backing up his word. He says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall never pass away. 
God will help you and prepare you in what's coming next in your life. The enemy is going to do everything in his power to stop us as a church. It's going to do everything. We start to do Clayton Street Mission. I have found since the day I put the key in my pocket to that building, we have been fighting and struggling. I still cannot get the title from Columbus. I'm trying to get the title, and we're fighting to try to get that title. But I've got the key to the building right here. And ever since we got the key to the future ministries of Clayton Street Mission, there has been one fight after another. The enemy loves to tangle us all up and try to make us think God's not in it, and God's not who he said he is, and you're not who you think you are. God wants to fight that. We're putting the Metroplex out here to try to bring ministry alive to families been waiting 25 years for it and we're ready for it and the green light is on the devil's going to do everything in his power to stop us but we have got to shake ourselves be determined look the devil straight in the face and say it is written we will be exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think is coming to us through the power that's at work in us because God is a mighty God. He's a God of deliverance. He's a God of healing. He's a God of delivering power. He's a God of restoration. Marriages don't have to die. God can restore them. God can save your children. He can get them off drugs. He can get them out of the gutters of this life. God can do anything if you will trust in him. Do you believe that this morning? Stand with me and I'll shut up. For those watching online, I'll be quiet. I don't know why I'm drawn. I, I feel I'm drawn this morning to someone who's watching. You were, you were there and you were feeling helpless and hopeless. And you have been under attack of the enemy and you have felt as if you can't survive it. You're drowning. You've used those words. I feel like I'm drowning. God wants to deliver you. He's going to touch you right here this morning. I believe right where you are, God's going to touch you. He's going to minister to you and bring you out. You're not going to drown. You're not going to give in. You're not going to die. The Lord is going to deliver you and touch you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning, while we're praying, I want to invite you forward. You don't have to wait. When our pastors come into this altar, you need special prayer. I want you to get out from where you are right now and make your way to the altar. If you want someone to agree with you in prayer, anoint you with oil, and pray a prayer of faith with you, I want you to feel comfortable right now to step out and make your way to the altar. But those of you who are standing back today, I want, I want to pray with you about your walk with God, your the life that God has for you, the destiny that he has for you, I want you to see the power of God at work in your life right now. So I'm going to first of all ask you, is there anyone here today that would say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. I, I, I can't even ask him for anything because I've never asked him in. If you're here today, you need Jesus. You need salvation in your life then I would ask you to just slip up your hand right where you are and right back down. Are you here today? Pastor, pray with me. I need salvation. Are you here? All right. I'm going to assume everyone has got a relationship with Jesus. Now I'm going to ask you, church, 
as we are preparing ourselves for one of the greatest years this ministry and this church has ever experienced, I want you and I to agree together that we are going to fight the enemy with the presence of God in our lives as we prepare and position ourselves and we're going to fight him with the word, the word of the Lord. If you're here and you do that with me, I want you to reach over and take someone by the hand right where you're standing. We're going to agree for our family. We're going to agree for the destiny that God has for us. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to you, Lord, we believe right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that, Lord, you're going to lead your people into great victory. We see the pattern. We see how you planned it out and you purposed for us to know what happened with you and the enemy in the wilderness. We thank you, Lord, for this pattern before us. We will fight with preparing ourselves as we go through this fast, Lord. It'll be for preparing ourselves for us. It'll be for positioning us to hear you more clearly, to be in more, to be in relationship with you in a more intimate way. We thank you, Lord. As we are led into this fasting, we're going to believe you to hear clearly the path you have for us, the destiny that you prepared for us, the work that you're trying to do through us. Lord, we're giving ourselves to you wholly and completely. As we agree together with our brothers and sisters, Lord, we ask you to empower them as well. Touch us together as a body of Christ. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, let that standard be raised to fight the good fight of faith and to stand on the precious words of God. Word of God that will never pa pass away. The Word of God that will always empower us, that will always lead us and guide us into truth. Help us, O oh Lord, I pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we give you the praise, we give you the honor, and we give you all the glory. For it's in your name that we believe and we embrace and we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Let's go out with the saints. Lead us.
You've been watching the worship service from the Stratford Heights Church of God. On behalf of Pastor Ray, we thank you for spending your time with us. Stratford Heights is always available to hear from you. For more information, visit us online at shcog.com. If you would like to pay your tithes or gifts, you can also do that online as well at shcog.com. This broadcast is made possible from people just like you who come together to worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whenever you're in the southwestern Ohio area, we would love to have you join us for service. Our Sunday service schedule is at 8.30 and 10.40 a.m. and at 6 p.m. Sunday evenings. On Monday, it's Celebrate Recovery. Tuesday, the Oasis Youth Group. Wednesday night, it's the Family Life Night. And Thursday, the Esperanza Hispanic Worship Service. Please join us at the Stratford Heights Church of God in Middletown, Ohio.